welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome to the Proper Winter Podcast, episode 39. My guest this week is Shocker, who's a rapper and recording artist from London. He's a TED speaker and a mental health advocate. And uh, this is just such a cool conversation, man. We were trying to make this happen, me and Shocker, for, crikey, for months. And it just kept falling off for various reasons, you know, life's busy. And we finally made it happen. And when we managed to speak, he was in the studio and he was rushing around all over the place because he was on like this top secret project. He wasn't even 100% sure it was going to come off. Um, so he couldn't tell me all about it. But it turned out to be he was recording a really cool piece of music for the um, Paralympics. I think it's to do with like Adidas or something. I'll share it on my socials when this comes out. But it was so sick that I kind of spoke to him in between with all that going on, that he still found the time to, um, to have this conversation. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. We talk about all all sorts of stuff. We talk about his journey through music, which he calls uh, the rise, the fall, and the comeback. We talk about mental health. We talk about mental health um, in you know with men and in hip hop in in music when there's a lot of posturing up, you know, a lot of pretending, a lot of acting big, and the whole masculinity thing takes a real different term once you put it through the lens of of this sort of music. We talk about what it's like to blow up at a young age. You know, his first group, um, they did really well and they were expected to just take over the world. They toured with Chip, they toured with Skepta, they toured with Diversity and then it kind of went a little bit wrong. And that led to Shocker having some problems with his mental health and we talk about those in detail. Um, He was actually sectioned three times, which he talks about um, a lot. He's very open and honest. He really owns his story and that in itself is really inspiring. But we get into that. We talk about his TED talk and we talk about self-love. So Shocker, through part of his healing journey, he got into the he got he read a book and he got into self-love and that changed everything for him. And he went on to record the self-love, the song, and that absolutely blew up for him. And then that started his comeback and that led to him getting his deal and uh, you know, just carrying on. And he's just put an album out last year. He put an EP out earlier in this year. He's putting new stuff out all the time. Um, he's absolutely killing it. And it's all off the back of of changing the way that he feels about himself. Um, he's actually given me the, an MP3 of the self-love track. So you're going to hear that after this. When I finally shut up talking, you'll hear that. And then it's going to go straight into the episode. We also talk about social media, and this was fascinating to me because most people I've spoke to on the podcast talk about social media in a negative way. They've either got a love-hate relationship with it, or they absolutely hate it. When I had Frank Turner on the other week, um, I didn't even ask him about social media. He brought it up because he wanted to talk about it, and he absolutely hates it. He can't, under, he can't you know, get his head around it at all. But Shocker, if you follow him on Instagram, which I highly recommend that you do, which is at Shocker underscore artist, he uses Instagram as a weapon for good. 
Um, it's incredible, really. It's so positive. He's always putting interesting stuff on there. He's getting behind causes. He's doing freestyles. He's speaking the truth. Um, he's supporting people. And he's just, uh, yeah, it's brilliant what he does with it. And to hear him talk about his relationship with social media is really, really interesting. Um, and it did make me think about it in a different way. He's just completely in control of his own social media and he can do what he wants with it, and he chooses to spread this positivity. And his whole vibe is so infectious. Like, you will listen to this and want to do something afterwards. Like, his positivity is so infectious, man. It's just like a really good feeling around him, and he's awesome. Um, so you're going to hear the song. I'll put the links to his TED Talk or his TED Party in the episode notes. That's wicked, and we talk about that in the episode um, yeah, and give him a follow at shocker underscore artist. His music's available absolutely everywhere, and he's done loads of podcasts and interviews and videos and stuff about mental health. He's a he's a really active advocate, and you can find all that on YouTube and all that sort of stuff if you search for it. Um, if you want to connect with me, then it is at Proper Mental Podcast on all social media platforms. You can get in touch via my website, which is www.propermentalpodcast. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, I've set up one of those buy me a coffee things where you can go on and just make a small donation. Um, it's not an actual coffee. It's a virtual one. The money just drops into my PayPal account. Um, and that's not me on the scrounge. This is episode 39. I've recorded almost 52 episodes now, so I'm pretty much done for this year for recording. It's just about putting them out. Um, and it's cost me a few quid. And obviously, I've put a lot of time into it. I'm self-employed. Time is money. Now, that's not me giving it the woe is me. I've chose to do this, and I will continue to do this for as long as I possibly can, because some of the, the feedback I've been getting, some of the messages I've been getting, and the people that I've been able to reach through this, well, that stuff's just been, it's been filling my heart recently. It really has. And I'm going to keep going regardless. So it doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. But you know what? If you do listen, it's completely free, isn't it? And if you do listen and you want to contribute and you want to support in some way, you can buy me a coffee. I'll get a couple of quid and it can just pay for my website or pay for my hosting site or all of that is going back into the podcast so I can just keep putting them out week after week after week. So the link for that is in the episode notes. It's also in my bio on Instagram. That's everything you need to know from me. This is Proper Mental Podcast, episode 39, and you're about to listen to Self Love by Shocker before you hear episode 39, which is me and Shocker. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. You give everybody else love, but you never give yourself love. Don't forget about yourself love. Self love. You give everybody else love, but you never give yourself love. Don't forget about yourself love. Self love. Sometimes it's cool not to give a fuck. Sometimes it's cool not to give a fuck. It's okay to say fuck everybody and give yourself love. It's okay to say fuck everybody and give yourself love. Some people call it selfish. I call it self love. Some people call it selfish. I call it self love. Health is wealth love. Don't forget about yourself love. Some people call it selfish. Fuck them. You give everybody else love. But you never give yourself love Don't forget about yourself love Self-love You give everybody else love But you never give yourself love 
forget about your self-love Self-love Everybody around you Is happy But you Cause you spend all the time thinking about what the world Has to say about you Has to say about you Has to say about you sick man how's things man you okay yeah i'm good fantastic man thank you for joining me shock i really appreciate your time man really, really yeah man i it. couldn't i couldn't um i couldn't turn down again it's been twice i've turned <laughs> down in it it yeah, nearly man. happened for the third time you know right now i am over my head so basically um when's this podcast coming out uh, in the next few weeks probably man yeah yo so um i've got something important i'm meant to be doing on sunday a surprise it's a surprise and they've given me a three-day turnover to do it oh mate so i've literally had to run to the studio now obviously write the lyrics i wrote it sent it to them they have to agree to it i'm waiting in the studio now for them to give me the go-ahead to say it's cool to record it but my engineer's sound card is playing up oh man Oh, bro, so much is going on. It's, it's fucking crazy. And then oh, I looked at my phone. I looked at my phone at my to-do list just to see what I've got going on. And then I saw one thirty um, mental podcast, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, we're here." Oh, What's mate, goodie, well, though, man. Oh yeah, uh, I appreciate your time even more than mate. Yeah, nah, I won't. It's all good. Um, we'll just um, we'll jump straight in if that's all right, mate. And we'll just, yeah, that's all good. Just crack on, yeah, sick. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, and I'm joined today by Shocker. How are you, mate? I'm good, bro. How are you? Yeah, very good. I'm very, very good. Thank you. Yeah, we've um we've made it happen, mate. It's been a bit bit long time coming this one, but we got there. Yeah, right? definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sick, man. Shocker, I wanted to start with to start talking a little bit about music because that kind of yes. music is the it's 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 in your DNA, right? It's the foundations of you, and it's integral mm-hmm. to the some of the things that we're going to talk about today. But were mm-hmm. you? Did you uh, like come up in a house with lots of music around and stuff like that? Were you always into it? Do you know what my household? Uh, that's a good question. My mum played a lot of like African music and some other music, but I didn't grow up around like music. You know, there's people that had like musical parents, yeah, with, like yeah. loads of records around the house and like. No, nah, I didn't have that. I didn't really have that. It's something that I learned being around in my environment. My environment yeah. was like 
where I picked up everything, where I saw people rapping and then I decided I want to try it. And then people told me you're really good. Because what happened is I used to copy people's lyrics and rap them to my friends. And then they'll find out that it was um, someone else's lyrics. And then they'll come back to me and say, yo, you made that person's lyrics sound better than um, the actual person. Yeah. You should write your own. So I started writing my own. And then, yeah, we're on this journey here, like 15 years later. Oh, man. Did that seem, did the creativity part, did that kind of catch fire for you quite early on? You know, because there's one thing um, a lot of people listen to music and then to get that itch to say, right, I'm going to start making my own, man. I'm going to make my own thing. Um, um, do you know what? I think the create, creativity part did get me because I'm a lyrical rapper. So that means I must have loved putting similes and metaphors together. Some people don't like that. One of my good friends that started me out rapping, he was more basic and he couldn't stand metaphors and punchlines. He's like, bro, why are you doing that? Well, just get straight to the point. So I think what you're drawn to is what you're drawn to. That was just what I was drawn to. I loved rappers that Rex Free too. I loved Kano. I loved Getz. I loved Scorcher. I loved um, Nas. I loved Tupac. I just loved that deep shit. And it's weird because like, in person, I'm a really like bubbly and joking and smiley person. But then I feel like music is where I'm allowed to get that other side of me out, the dark side and the dark thoughts. And the, do you know what I mean? I can get that side out. So I don't have to, because I feel like if I didn't get that side out through the music, then you'll see it now when I'm just a person, you'll see me like down and do you know what I mean? So, because I can get that side in the music, I can be this side in um, actual real life. So it kind of works out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. I think we've all got that that other side to us, and it yeah. does us does us good to find a way to ex, to express yeah. it, especially in a positive way, right? But definitely, you know, yeah, very much so. And then when Marvel started, and that was like when you first started coming to get to get known and stuff like that. Were yes. they um were the other guys in Marvel? Did you come up with them? Were they like childhood friends, Shocker? Um, I knew Double S for a while. We went to the same school. There's a school called Greg City Academy in North London. We went to the same school. And he was already semi-famous before Marvel. Like everyone in the area knew Double S. He was like hood famous is what we call it. He was like hood famous. Everyone knew who he was. So I already knew who he was. And then he got sent to Uganda. Then I got sent to Nigeria. And then when I came back, I came to Greg City Academy. And that's when we met up again. And then I met the other member, Vertex. He didn't score go to the same school as us. I met him at a place called Always Recording in North London. I don't think you'll know what that is. No. Um, Chipmunk's manager started this place called Always Recording and it was a hub where everyone used to come to and, you know, share their talent and meet up. And I met Vertex there and then Vertex asked me if I want to be in Marvel. I said yes and then the journey took off from there. We went on a mad journey, obviously. Everyone's aware of <laughs> the crazy journey we went on. The mixtapes, yeah. the awards, the tours, everything. Yeah, man. And did that happen quite quick? Did that seem to like it did snowball? happen quite it did happen quite quick? That's why I like to title my story The Rise, the Fall, and the Comeback. Those three chapters. That might be a book. So um in Good the next name. couple of years, don't be surprised yeah, if you see a book. But um, yeah, the rise was so quick, man. We we got together in 2008. 2009 was already on Westwood with like a classic freestyle. Then we released our first mixtape called Marvel FM which got like 10,000 downloads. Then the second one in the same year got 20,000 downloads. Then the third one, by the time we did the third one, was in studio filming with like Drake and Rihanna. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah, everything yeah. just took off so quick. And then we was on a chipmunk tour in front of thousands. And then by the end of that, by the end of 2010, we was on a diversity tour. 
and they just came fresh off Britain's Got Talent. It, it just it was a quick rise, man. Everything happened so quickly. So yeah. we didn't really have time to like me now doing my solo thing. I've had so much time to like two things we didn't have. Number one, we didn't have the information that we have now. Like so much information is out there out of nowhere. It's just an influx of information. And, I, and, and that's one thing we didn't have. And the second thing, we didn't have time to like, process things. It was just a constant on the go, on the go, on the go. Where I'm lucky now is I've had so much time. I don't think you understand how much time I spend just studying old albums and studying old interviews and reading books and, you know, learning from people. And miss- like, I've had so much time. So, yeah, those are two things we didn't have the luxury of having. Oh, amazing. And you mentioned before the, the rise and the fall. And did that, yes. was, the, was the fall just as um, abrupt? F- was that just the as fall was, The fall was just as abrupt. Like, we was on a high from getting signed to our record label in end of 2010. And then we put out our single, We Know, which was predicted to do really well. I don't know why we thought that. Now I've learned how the industry goes. You don't just blow off one single. Unless like the single has like so much hype around it already and it's looking like it's going to go, but no one just comes in with one single. But we didn't know that. So we thought that because our mixtape had like 20,000 downloads, we thought that's going to translate into the sales of the single, not knowing that our supporters didn't want that kind of single from us. The single is a bit mainstream. Do you remember We Know? I don't know if you heard. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah, We Know is a bit mainstream. So it was different to what our supporters wanted, but we didn't know that. We thought they're going to support anything. So we put out, we know, we had a special day for it, 10, 10, 10. We thought that's going to be the day that's going to change our lives. Something magical is going to happen. And we know came out and it was like top 200 in the charts. And we was nowhere to be seen. And our label got cold feet. I mean, there was a new label. They've never had an act before. So that was the first time they had an act. And um, they spent like 13 bags, 13,000 pounds on our video. They spent money on adverts. They spent money on posters. So they just got scared and said they're going to pull out of it. And they pulled out. And then left us in no man's land. We had to pick ourselves back up again. And from that point on, I spiraled into like deep depression. I went through all sorts of phases. And then the end of 2011, going into 2012, I had a big breakdown for the first time. They called an ambulance for me. My mum, uncles called an ambulance for me. I got taken to a mental health hospital, mental health hospital called St. Anne's. I spent five days there. And then, um, yeah, my mental health journey just started from then. Oh, man. In the, in the build-up to being section did you know that yeah. you were you weren't well shaka because i think a lot of people myself i was poorly for a long time i didn't know yeah. i was poorly i had no idea i had no idea to me i knew i wasn't in the best place but i never knew i was in that kind of place to get section if you know what i mean mm. i had no idea it's only looking back on hindsight that certain things are starting to make sense to me i remember my friend used to say shocks you're speaking so fast i mean i was just so much stuff was going on in my head so now looking back on hindsight, I remember being in the car and I was like, shock, so you're right, but you're talking about this, this, that, that. Because I was reading so much as well. So not only was I depressed, I had a lot of idle time to myself at home and I was learning like so much new information, which is not good. Depression and new information is not a good mix. It sends you, it, I like to describe it as my mind went into, um, if you put too much programs on a computer, what happens? It crashes. And all our minds are computers. So I put so much, I was installing so much different programs on it. It ended up crashing. So I had to restart and offload everything and come back again. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah, man. Something that like a lot of people I speak to and something that comes up loads of times in very, very different ways is this kind of, this feeling of almost being like trapped where you are, right? So you can't go back 
but you yeah. don't know how to go forward and being yeah. stuck and like it sounds was that do you kind of relate to that in a little way Sean? definitely and i feel like remember what i said to you about how how there's an influx of information now i feel like if i ever was to end up in that situation again there's so much information out there that i'll be able to get myself out there's so much stories that i can pull from and i can go to google and there's all this stuff whereas at that at that time there was no information there weren't podcasts like this um mental but there wasn't stuff like this there was none of this see this podcast now at that if if that was around then surely one person would have sent me your link and said hey listen to this they might have some good tips on what you're going through and i could learn more there was none of that so um i'm so happy with where this mental health thing is going and how everyone's rising up and just really tackling this issue it surprises me i can't even believe it because i never planned it i never said to myself oh I'm going to get section three times and then everyone's going to be talking about mental health and I'm going to jump on. I mean, I had no idea. How do I know? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it just happened the way it happened. Yeah, man. So that after you came out from being sectioned that, that first time, did yeah. you have to make changes to your life? Like, did they just say, right, off you go. And then you just carried on as before. How, what was they that? Give you, they give you an intervention team. So this guy used to come around my house once a week and come and check on my progress and see if I'm taking my medication, see if I'm getting back into activities, just checking how you're doing. But I don't think that really does much. That doesn't really do much. The, the work that, excuse me, the work that really helped me was the reading I did and the videos I watched on YouTube and the mental, which is funny, it's called Mental Podcast, and, and the mental work I did, really going into my mind and ask, because they say the best way to clear your mind is to ask yourself intimate questions. And that's what I did. I really took the time out to like ask the right questions, like questions you're asking me, like, did you notice what was happening at the time? And um, what would you have done different? And what do you think triggered this? All those questions. I, they didn't ask me none of that. Do you know what I mean? I had to go through them myself. And to be fair, I think it's better that we go through them ourselves anyway, because we're going to be the most honest with ourselves. We might not be honest with someone else asking us those questions because we might not want to say certain things to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah. To make ourselves look a certain way. Whereas if you're sitting with yourself, there's nothing you're afraid to tell yourself. It's only you yourself and God that's listening to the conversation anyway. So that was the that was the work that um that was the most important work I did. And then I decided, hey, do you know what? I should make myself a mental health advocate because I've really been through the experience and really lived it. And I feel like I can share the right information for someone else that's in that situation. I know exactly what to say because I've been there and I can communicate with my audience in a certain way where they'll get it. Whereas the people that came to see me, they was too professional and too corporate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas we're still like young and youthful so we can communicate with each other in a certain way. So that's how the whole mental health advocacy, advocacy started for me anyway. Yeah, because that relatability is huge, man. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, it's everything. Yeah, when you're struggling, you feel just like you're alone and no one else has ever been through it. And then when you yeah. find out just one person has, then that connection can kind of can get you through, right? Can get you through Definitely. Um, another And day. that's why, going back to music, that's why I put these messages in the music because music travels. So I could read someone that's in Denmark somewhere or someone that's in New Zealand and they could hear my journey and be like, fucking hell, someone in London is going, exactly, is going through exactly what I'm going through. Whereas an interview might not be able to do that. 
you know what yeah, I mean? Interviews yeah. don't really travel as well, unless the artist is that like, really huge and you want to follow and see what they're up to. But music travels, man. So I said, what better way to get this information out there than put it in the music? Yeah, man. And how was that? How was that received, Chaka? Because I'm really like, I'm fascinated. We talk a lot about um, stigma in, in mental health. And the more yeah. I kind of explore that, the more that it, it's like layered, layers and layers of stigma, you know? So obviously, mm-hmm. obviously you're a man. So we know about masculinity. We know that it's harder mm-hmm. for men to speak up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you're from the, from the grime scene, from the rap scene. And that's traditionally about like posturing up and, mm-hmm. you know, being strong and being tough and stuff like that. So was that hard for you to start to speak openly with all this different like layers of, of stigma that were, would have been around you at the time? Um, in the beginning, it was really difficult. Even though I was doing it anyway, I was still doing it, but it was really difficult. Like the backlash I was getting from my mom, I still don't let my mom know that I'm doing certain things. I wouldn't tell her I'm doing this podcast. I wouldn't tell her that I'm doing, I don't know, a mental health documentary for Channel Three, Channel 4 or something, because that backlash is still there. She's still got that stigma. She's, she's from a whole different generation. So they look at mental health completely different. To reach them, I think it is possible to reach them, but it's, it's going to take some time. You know I mean, let me just focus on the new generation and us. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take... What was the question again? Yeah, just how, like, what it was like to speak up, firstly, as yes, a man, and then in that environment that you're Yes, from. yes, it was really difficult, man. It was really difficult. And the reason what what helped me and made it easier now is everything that's going on. People like you doing podcasts and that that gives me so much confidence to know that like there's an audience and there's a tribe out there that's behind me and willing to support what I'm doing. Whereas then I wanted my tribe to be the people that didn't understand me. I thought there was the only people that was out there. So I wanted them to be the people that understood me and they're never going to understand me. So um it was really difficult, but then Instagram came and my life changed. Really? And yeah. I was found, that a big, yeah, big that factor was a, for you? Shaka, that was yeah. a big shift because I've never been a social media person. Even in Marvel, they used to, if you realize I was the only one that never had a Twitter. Double right. S had a Twitter. Vertex had a Twitter. There was a Marvel Instagram. I just used to just watch. I didn't really, I wasn't really bothered. I'm not really a technology kind of person, but then Instagram, I don't know why. I just, I think because I'm a visual person, so I like to see you and we can talk to each other. So Instagram made sense. I can post videos on there. And I know it was meant to be because the first freestyle I ever did went viral, the Grinfield freestyle. That was the first time I ever did a freestyle to the camera. And it just blew up. And I've been doing it ever since. So it definitely was one of the best decisions I made. Yeah, because what I did want to, it's on my list to chat to you about social media because like I, I personally, I find Instagram like more of a positive space compared to some of the other, the other platforms, but the mm. way that you use your, um, your social media, it's like a, like a, a weapon for good, man. Like <laughs> yeah, it's such yeah. a positive <laughs> yeah. pace. And yeah, that's quite yeah, unusual in this day and age. A lot of people yeah. I speak to on here, have really uh, like a bad relationship with social media. Yeah. You seem to, you're the opposite of that, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want my Instagram to be like a safe space. I was telling someone that the other day at festival, I wanted to be like a safe space. I wanted it to be, and it is a safe, it helps me so much. I, do you know the amount of times I go through my Instagram and scroll through my own videos? And then I just feel energized because I feel like my Instagram is, it is, it is the version of me I would like to be. Like that shocker you see, I'm not that shocker like 100% of the time. That is the best version of me, like the highest version. I'm so positive and the messages and so every time I go on there it gives me a reminder of like what I what I'm aspiring to be like 24 7 
yeah, or yeah. most of the time. So like everyone says that to me. Like when people come on my Instagram page, I'll see them like one video, then another one, then another one, then they scroll down and I'm like, yeah, they, they're having a good time. And that just shows that people get hooked. They go from one video to another to another. So yeah, I've really designed it because I really take time with my Instagram. If you notice, I don't post every day. Mm-hmm. And if I do post, it's a post that makes sense with my brand. It's not just random things. You'll never see me just post my t-shirt or like my shoes unless it makes sense. I'm always posting something that's in line with the message. So I really take pride in my Instagram. I got hacked like a couple last year oh, and wow. I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that's how much that just shows how much like work I've put into my Instagram. Like someone hacked me, but I was lucky because they didn't really do anything. They didn't delete no videos. They didn't do anything. When I got it back, I just saw their messaging. Like, I think they was from a different country. So when I got it back, there was messaging like so much people from their country. I don't know if they were saying, yeah, I got a verified account or something, but I was lucky they didn't really tamper with nothing. So everything's still intact. Yeah. That's sick, man. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the, the third time that you were sections and I've yeah. heard you say in interviews that that was um that was a bit different that time right and after yes. that, did you kind of make a, a conscious decision after that one right I'm not going back to like I'm going to change how did you start to rebuild because you've seems like you've come such a far away from that place but obviously the yeah. fact that it happened three times there must have been a few hurdles before those changes really started yeah. to change the first two times I didn't accept it. I went in kicking and screaming third time I asked to go in, I told my mom, I'm not feeling too good. Because I, I don't know if you know the story, but I came back from holiday with my friend. He signed his record deal. He took us to Magaluf. We had a good time. I was meant to take my medication. Of course, I'm meant to be on my meds. I didn't take it. I was drinking alcohol. I was doing all this stuff. And then I woke up the next morning. I was hearing voices. It was freaking terrible. I got back to London. Somehow I managed to keep it together. I got back to London and I messaged my mom and said, I'm not feeling too good. She knew exactly what that meant. Um, I got taken to the hospital and they gave me an option if I want to stay or if I want to get sectioned. And I chose that option. I got sectioned. And then, yeah, while I was in there, it was really acceptance was the different, was the, was what differentiated between the first two times I was talking to people in there. I was like a table tennis champion in there. Whereas the first two times I didn't do none of the activities. I didn't talk to any of the patients. I just kept to myself. You had to come to my room to see me. These times I was out speaking. There was this girl called Indu that I used to always, there was two people I used to talk to, Indu and, um, oh, what's his name? Someone else, another guy. I made great friends with them. And yeah, um, it was acceptance. The third time was acceptance. And it made me realize how important acceptance is. Acceptance is key. Like we always ask for forgiveness, but we never forgive ourselves. And that's the hardest part. It's not about other people forgiving us. It's about us forgiving ourselves. Yeah. And that's why we ask for forgiveness because it's like we want them to do it for us. Like, please forgive me. It's like my dad's not in my life and um, he hasn't been in my life for years, but we still speak. And every time we speak on the phone, he always says, have you forgiven me, son? Have you? And I'm like, look, I'm past that. I'm way, I've got my own problems. Now. I'm a man too. Like, you need to forgive yourself so you can have a good night's rest. So um, that's what I did, man. I forgave myself for all the mistakes I made before. And... Um, um, I accepted my situation and then I went on a healing process. I just knew what I had to do. I knew because I was that kind of suicidal in there. And I told myself that um, the only way I would stay around is if I can make the last part of my life, this last part, like so from 25 onwards to however long I've got left, a beautiful journey. And that's the only way I stay around. And that's what I've been doing ever since is making the next second half so amazing that you probably forget about the first half. You might come back to me 10 years later and be like, did you even get a section? Because I've done so much. 
So yeah, that's that yeah, the, yeah. And is that when you started? Um, you kind yeah, of like that's, yeah, that's when I started reading the books and asking the questions and doing the work. And um, some girl called Ashley had a book on her WhatsApp status called "You Can Heal Your Life" by Louise Hay. And I saw it and I was like, yo, is that book good? She said, yeah, it's phenomenal. You should buy it. And I bought it and it changed my life. And that's how I made the song Self-Love. Because in the book, all she speaks about is self-love, the power of loving yourself, how important it is to love yourself, how everything starts with self-love. And I was like, how do I get this message out to everyone else? Because this is too good. And then this producer sent me this beat and I was listening to it and I was like, this is perfect. And then I came off, you give everybody else love. And then, yeah, I that was the song and I ran to the studio immediately recorded it and then I was thinking how am I going to promote the song because I've got no money for marketing nothing and then I don't know if you've seen the video but there's yeah, like a dwarf yeah. girl in it and the dwarf girl in it was like I just want to dance to the song because that's what I do I dance the songs and post it I never thought nothing of it I said yeah do your thing she did it and then my phone was blowing up one day and I was like what have I done and then I checked it and Michael Blackson in America I don't know if you know who he is a comedian he posted her vid dancing to my song. And then Snoop Dogg took it from his page and reposted it. And then it just went crazy. And then I got a DM like a couple of days after from a record label saying, yo, love your song, thinking of signing it. And then the song got signed and that's how everything happened. And then um, the TED Talk followed shortly after. And then I released my, um, my mix, my EP, Conscious Crowd. That went number three in the hip hop charts. Everything just started snowballing one wow. after the other. So yeah. it's been a it's been a crazy journey. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And uh, like, I love this this whole like self love thing. And when we talk about mental health, yeah. so many things that are very useful for maintaining mental good mental health they get mentioned a lot, and they're all great. Yeah. They're all things, but I've I've not really hearing other people on this self love thing. But when when Especially people are from poorly, a male's perspective, that's yeah, what man, says yeah, to yeah, definitely. And like when people are poorly, the first thing they do is turn on themselves. When I was yeah. poorly, that was it, man. Negativity yeah, raining if in if on myself. Ever, if you ever heard some of the things I was saying to myself, honestly, it's unrepeatable. I can't even utter it out of my mouth. But it's some of the worst things that we just—I was completely beating myself up. So when I got the book from Louise Hay, and she was saying that we're not supposed to beat ourselves up and how we're, how we're supposed to treat ourselves. It was foreign to me. I couldn't believe it. It's like I stumbled across a gold mine. And I was like, I have to shit. How do I get this out there? Like, I can't give everyone a copy. If I tweet, everyone buy this book. They're just going to ignore the tweet. So I've got to do it with a song. And I'm so happy that the universe made that song just blow up the way it did. So that means I had the right intention. It was, it was the right move to make. Because the song just took off. I've released so many songs after that and it hasn't, do you know what I mean? I'm wishing like Snoop Dogg comes again or like, <laughs> but that hasn't happened. But for that song, like everything was just in line for it. So maybe that message is a message that we actually need. Do you know what I mean? It's a message that's important. Yeah. And that seemed to, I've got this really like hippie idea about books and stuff that they kind of like fall into our laps when we need them the most. And yes, it seems like that true. just kind of like just appeared for you when you, uh, yeah, when definitely. you needed it. Yeah. Definitely. So how do you, how do, how does someone, if people are listening, how do you start with self-love? Is it someone that, is it how you talk to yourself? Is it that yeah. inner voice? Yeah. That's the most important part. People think it's about, it is about the food you eat as well. And you know, the nice baths and candles and all of that stuff. That's the, that's the outer, that's the, exterior side to it but the internal work the inner work is everything how you talk to yourself and um how you're communicating with other people and but your 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 self-image is the most important part because if you've got a self-image that says i'm not smart then 
anything to do with smartness in life, you're gonna, your self-image is going to sabotage you. But if you've got a self-image that says, I don't deserve success, anything to do with success, your self-image is going to sabotage you somehow. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, your self-image is, having a good self-image is so important. And we're not taught that. People have horrible self-images. We never get taught to have like a healthy view of ourselves. And that's our birthright. We wasn't sent here to have a negative view of ourselves. Think about it. Like logically think about it. Why would a creator wake up? Imagine we don't exist, you know, we're nothing. This creator out of nowhere brought us into existence. <laughs> yeah. And then said, yeah, man, suffer, have a bad self-image, have a nine to five struggle, um, have no petrol in your car and then die. Like it doesn't make sense. Of course, like it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense for the creator to think, Ooh, human beings would be a wonderful idea. What if they can love? What if they can speak to each other? What if they can create buildings, houses, churches? What if they can create schools? What if they can teach? What if they can go through pain and then find out, come out of that pain? What if they can share? That makes sense. Then I'll, that makes sense to why I'll, I'll take time to create. That makes sense to me. But the other side, nah. Yeah, that is such a wonderful way of uh, of describing it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's the whole thing of like, um, like being the change that you want to make in the world, isn't it? You start with yourself. Yeah. And definitely you, and then it um, ripples out yeah that's yeah, what i want that's what i want my legacy to be i want my legacy to be like so many tiny ripple effects that i had i want you like when i pass god if god forbid it's not soon but when that happens i want you to be telling someone that yeah i met him he did my podcast one time yeah man i was i only had like 200 subscribers and he jumped on i want everyone i want there to be so many like little ripple effects it's like when dmx passed recently so many people were sharing like videos of like when they met him or like people had a video of them him dancing in the street and they was honing their cars at him do you know what I mean like I want to have that I want to have like so many different clips going around of like someone talking to me at a random shop or like do you know what I mean just different ripple effects like different tiny ripple effects yeah yeah that'll, make, awesome, that'll make me really happy that's yeah, why that's... I talk about impact over numbers that's what impact mm -hmm. over numbers is like just different lives you've impacted along the way yeah. and it just ripple effects and just keeps rippling and rippling Oh, mate. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think if like, if you can, if we can really like learn to love ourselves and to do that, you have to kind of work out who you are, right? Yeah, and definitely. A big factor in mental health is that people don't really know who they are. They haven't got a sense of identity. And yeah. if we're living in a non-authentic way because we don't understand us, then mm -hmm. for me, that was a huge part in what happened to me. And yeah, again, definitely. it's something that comes up in these conversations as well. And something that I've heard you talk about, Shaka, is that now that you're you're doing music now solo and you're doing it on your own terms, like mm -hmm. you are your authentic self. Definitely. And was that something that maybe wasn't there back in the early days? Was that a factor in, in what happened to you maybe? Um, definitely. There was a lot of pretending, a lot of masking going on, which which is understandable. I was young. Yeah, man. I was like, we came into this at like 18, 19. Even double might have been 16, 17. So we definitely didn't know who we are. Do you know what I mean? And I'm happy I had that first trial experience to correct those mistakes and do what I'm doing now. Some people just come into it at an, at an age that I'm at and fuck up and don't have a second chance. The fact I've got a second leg is incredible. So um, it's yeah, I, I, I'm obviously going to be wiser and more experienced than the average artist because I've it's like it's like I've had two careers in a weird way. Yeah, had two two chances. Yeah, yeah, man. And how? But did that the, was a conscious decision to um, um, be more authentic and 
true to myself. Yeah. And it came from the artists I was listening to. I was listening to a lot of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. And I saw what they was doing. Like J. Cole was talking. Kendrick Lamar's got a song called High of Contact or something like that, where he talks about he doesn't smoke and he gets high of like other people's like, do you know what I mean? Contact. And I was like, I've never, do you know what I mean? I've never heard people talk like that. And um, or Good Kid Mad City, just him saying he's a good kid from like a crazy neighborhood. And I related because I'm from Broadwater Farm, which is one of the most notorious neighborhoods in the whole of Britain. And I'm a good kid, though. It's not like I shoot people or like, um, do you know what I mean? Or been to prison or any of that. So I, I related and that gave me power to make me want to be myself and tell my story. So I was like, maybe I can talk about being sectioned and someone out there can relate. And I mean, fucking hell, a bag of people. <laughs> There's like a whole <laughs> army. There's something so powerful about like owning your story. Like saying, yeah, like, definitely. yeah, this is what happened to me. This is what I went through, and this yeah. is what it's what it's done for me. And I think that's something about yourself as well that people really kind of gravitate towards, Shaka. It yeah. empa- empowers people maybe to do the same when they see someone in your position or someone like from your where you're from or that does what you do, see yeah. someone owning it, then I think it inspires people to do the same. Definitely, 100 percent yeah man and then uh, what about the ted talk because that's uh you really put your own flavor on that man you like you took a, a ted talk and then you uh you turned it into a ted, Made party, it a TED right? party yeah <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> yeah i wanted to do something different i'm always trying to push the envelope and be innovative and do something different and the ted talk i was like bro there's millions of ted talks that like, what can i do and i asked her if i can perform as well if i can do five minutes has it frozen a little bit let's see yeah just hello yeah oh there we go we're good man Let's yeah i think it up. must have frozen mm. yeah um i asked her if i can do five minutes talking no is it 10 yeah five minutes talking and five minutes performance and um i was like yeah i don't i don't think i've seen someone perform at the ted talk before actually perform so i was like that's going to be different i'm going to turn it into a ted party and then yeah they loved it that was like one of the best experiences of my whole entire life because i didn't know the magnitude of a ted talk I knew what it was, but it's only now I'm starting to realize, like, like um, I'm a big fan of Seth Golden. I don't know if you heard of him. No, no. He's the, um, the author. I did an interview with him on my Instagram recently as well. Like, that was like, that was crazy just doing that. But I'm a big fan of him. And he's got a TED Talk that I've watched, like, probably like 20, 30, 50 times, yeah. And um, it's only now I'm starting to realize the magnitude of, like, TED Talks and, I didn't really know at the time. I was just screaming out, I want to do a TED Talk. And then my friend gave me the opportunity and I took it. So I just walked into it of like, you know what I mean? Because I look back on it now and I'm like, if I knew the magnitude of it, would I have had that much confidence? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. would I have walked out of the stage like that? Like, if you go back and watch it, the way I walk out of the stage with one hand in my pocket, I just walked out like, yo, fuck this. I'm doing <laughs> it. So, um, but it was sick though. It felt like a celebration of everything I've been through. Yeah, like a real moment. A yeah, real moment that, that marks it. Yeah, that marks the next chapter of like, yeah, that 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 can get put back there. Yeah. And what, what do you do day to day now, Shocker, to maintain your your mental health? Because it is an ongoing process, right? To look after ourselves. It's definitely, it's it's an everyday thing. I've got, I'm a visual person. I don't, I've got so much books. I don't read. I don't read them. They're just stacking up. I keep buying more and they're just stacking up. I can't be asked. After the sixth or seventh page, I get bored. But visual things, like watching documentaries, I can watch a whole two-hour documentary or something and not get bored. So what I do on my Instagram, on my Snapchat, I've got videos saved, like videos I see. Um, I've got vid- videos I see on 
anywhere. I'll just save them. And then every morning I go through all of them. It's a routine. It's got to the point where if I don't do it in the morning, I feel kind of, oh, something's missing. And it just puts me in a peak state. Because the videos I've saved are obviously things I like. That's why I've saved them. So I know it's going to work. So every morning I go on my Instagram, go through the videos I've saved. Some of them I skip, but some of them like they hit me. They give me that feeling I got the moment I saw it, why I saved it. And it just sets my day right. And I go on my Snapchat, is re- not Snapchat, TikTok is what's really helping me. Oh my God, there's some incredible information on TikTok. TikTok is better than Instagram. It's better than all of them. But I just can't post on there because I haven't figured a way of my angle of how I'm going to come on there. So right now I'm just a browser. I just browse. But most of my videos that I've been watching have been from TikTok. I found some sick stuff on there. So that's what I do. Mainly I just watch, um, I, I keep stuff that keep me inspired. Yeah. Constantly. Because you've got to constantly um, keep inspiring yourself. Yeah, definitely, man. And what is creativity is music. Does that help you keep your your head together? Because I think quite often as we age, we lose a creative outlet. And I know like creativity yeah. is obviously your job, but sometimes when what we love becomes our job, then it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, it's hard to be in that space and and sometimes get what we need from the creativity yeah. as well. So there's a lot to juggle there. But now music, music helps me offload. offload. Music's like therapy for me. Because it's not like I make music about partying and drinking and taking drugs. I actually make music about my life. Like, I can't go into the studio every day of the week. I Like, my engineer will tell you, I only pop up in here when something has triggered me or I've got a sick idea. I'm not one of those artists that can bang out 50 songs back to back. I only come in here when, like, my life experiences are building up in me and i got to start to offload it. So it's like I had a, a lung infection, like, two, three weeks ago and I was completely out of the game. And like shit was just building up. And as soon as I got back on my feet, I, I, just, I wrote, I made like six songs like a week ago. I made like six songs back to back. And um, I'm doing this thing called Shocker Sundays. I think it's going to start next Sunday where I release a brand new song every Sunday of a video. So look out for it. And um, yeah, I just made six songs back to back because I had so much to say. So if I don't have nothing to say, you're not going to hear from me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not one of those artists that's always going to, you're not going to hear from me. I only pop out when I've got shit to say. Oh man, yeah, that's cool. Well, to to wrap up, mate, I was going to ask you what's uh, what's coming next, but I think you just told me, so I think yes, I got I, we got Shocker Sundays coming next. It's going to be a song every two weeks, and a video, yeah, and a video. But don't don't um, take my word on the video. The video might be difficult to do, but definitely take my word on the song. The songs are done already, so a song every two weeks. I've also got my album ready. My album's done. It's finished. It's in the process of getting mixed and mastered. I'm currently about to sign a new record deal. I'm just waiting for the lawyers and everything that happens with that. So when that happens, look out for the album. The album is my baby, man. I've worked hard on it. And um, yeah, I can't wait for you to hear it. And that's what i got coming out. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to and it. Mate, thank you, on. bro. Finally, we got <laughs> we this did done. It. We made Fucking it happen. <laughs> yes. No, it was um, yeah, it was meant to be. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for your time. And um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful for you. And yeah, awesome, mate. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Chuck. Definitely, bro. Keep doing your thing, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please like and subscribe. The Space Star.